So this is a conversation about free will versus determinism, and one that I think is actually a lot more useful than the ones I've had over the past 25 years, and particularly over the past five years of Free Domain Radio. For many years, I've been curious about what motivates determinists. Is there any history that they've had as, as children or as young adults that may have had some influence on their receptivity towards determinism? Because I find that when we are stuck in frustrating uh, merry-go-round arguments that never resolve, never progress, and where definitions are consistently shifting, that it's most likely that you're dealing with the bomb in the brain thing. So I had this conversation with uh, a very emotionally generous and open determinist who I really do appreciate uh, this fellow taking the time to do this. Uh, I lost a minute or two at the beginning, but basically I'm just starting off with a history of my experience with free will uh, about uh, what I thought it was and, and why I thought it was important and why I thought it was uh, valid uh, philosophically. And of course, I looked at and worked on the self-detonating arguments uh, about uh, about that, which I'm sure you're familiar with by now. So that and and then right. that sort of continued. Then I just sort of said, look, I'm I'm not going to. It was consuming about ninety percent of the board's resources, which is sort of what's happening now, and zero progress right. was being made. And uh, I I lost respect yeah. for the determinist position uh, over that time period mm -hmm. because uh, for a variety of reasons, which we don't really have to get into here. And so I just I just said, we're not. Uh, this board is not going to do that topic anymore. Uh, because uh, right, of the right. lack of progress and uh, and just a general mental exhaustion, it was just right. It was just something we right. just and had to agree to disagree, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because it was right, turning right. the yes, board yes. into a less pleasant place, uh, an uglier place, right. and uh, right. there was no particular progress being made. And I couldn't, for the life of right. me, see what the difference was between the determinist and the free will position, right? Because I would right. say to determinists, uh, well, the consequence of your belief would be X, and they'd say, well, no, you know, I, I still have morality. And, uh, and, I, right. and I still have uh, love, uh, and I still get to correct right. people, and I still get to debate, and I still get to believe in truth. Right. And I said, so basically I ended up saying, okay, well, I'm a determinist then too, <laughs> because those are all things that, that are the essence, right. uh, the essence of philosophy to me. So uh, I'm right. perfectly uh, happy and comfortable to be uh, called a determinist uh, because there's no functional difference between that and free will sure. in any way that I could think or, or sure. conceive of. So. Uh, and, and so... Sure. I guess it came back uh, up as a topic, and exactly the same thing right. seems to be happening. And uh, right. I would rather not end up having to say, let's stop using this topic. Uh, I would rather there be something productive. But uh, what, what I, have a f right. I have a feeling, or I have a theory, uh, which comes out mm -hmm. of many years of conflict resolution in my marriage as an entrepreneur uh, and on this show, right. uh, I have a theory that uh, determinism is uh, psychologically driven. And uh, that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that the position is false. But it does mean that when right. I get involved in intractable debates with people, uh, you know, if you, if you go to a marriage counselor and you say, we're always having fights right. about who uses the car, mm -hmm. these fights have been going on for 20 years, any, any competent right. marriage counselor will say, it's not about the car, right? You, you don't debate right, the form. Right. You have to look at the deeper, what is the deeper emotional right, right. drivers behind right. the conflict? And, that, and so I put a call out to determinists saying, listen, I would really like to find out what the emotional drivers are behind determinism. I know what my emotional mm -hmm. drivers are for free will, and I've talked about those quite considerably. Right. Uh, but I wanted to know what the emotional drivers were for, for mm -hmm. determinism. And that's, uh, right. I mean, that, I, I put that call out a couple of years ago, and no determinist right. ended up taking me up on it, and I was sort of hoping that maybe you could uh, indulge me in that. Uh -huh. uh, well, I would certainly be, be happy to try to do that as best, you know, as best as I can uh, analyze myself, and maybe you can help, uh, you know, by asking some some leading questions or or pointed questions Let, uh, can i just say uh you know first really quickly um i'm i'm sort of broke uh 
web community rules 101 by sort of delving right in without being a lurker long enough first. So I, I apologize. I didn't know that this was, you know, a particularly fraught subject on on free domain radio before I launched that before I launched that thread. Obviously, no, that's and that. that's that's fine. That's I mean, really I, I would have, right. yeah, I would have mentioned it if it had been a real right. problem. But uh, so it's right, it's right. fine. But uh, that's so right. that's that's no problem. Right. And and the the other thing that I just want to say really quickly before you launch in is that my experience, I guess, as somebody on the other side of the fence, um, is is exactly the same as yours. Um, just my experience of it is, you know, that I've spent years whenever I found some because it interests me. Whenever I found somebody who seemed like an intelligent, rational person, I discussed. Uh, free will of them from a, from a determinist point of view and felt, felt this, the same wall that you feel that you're getting from determinists. Uh, right. And it just, it, it, it seemed like, it, as a few people have said on the board, that there's a bomb in the brain of somebody on some side. Or I guess both. Possibly. Yeah, it, it could be both for um, sure. Uh, it could be both, right. uh, or it could be, but it definitely one for sure, because any intractable dispute right. uh, is emotionally driven. It's not driven by uh, reason or evidence. It's right, right. driven by emotions. Right. And, and I think something that we may have in common at this point um, is I, I'm, my main interest at this point, I think, is less about the free will determinist thing than, what, than that potential bomb in the brain. Who has it? Do, why do they have it if they have it? you know, and so on. Why is right. this particular subject so inflammatory, even amongst, you know, rationalists and, and so on? So, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. That's my, my introductory remark. Well, I guess that the first... The first question I would ask, and I hope you don't mind if I just ask a bunch of questions. Uh, this is not designed to anything, any, anything you want, anything you want. Take and I just want to—I want to be clear. This is not. Uh, this is not a rhetorical trick. This is not designed <laughs> to prove or disprove either of our positions. This is just a way of of, of finding out if there's an emotional right. uh, issue for both of us that may be interfering with the debate. This is not a conclusive. Absolutely. One position is right. Now. Absolutely. <clears throat> So can you tell me a little bit about when you first became interested uh, in determinism, uh, what your path to it was, uh, and why you feel that uh, it, it became of such great right. interest? Right. Um, I, one thing that I, I have to say about that is I feel like I started really calling myself a determinist on uh, the board in this thread because it just seemed like the simplest way to label myself. But I'm not, I'm probably like a soft determinist or, or, or something. I'm, I'm not, it, determinism seems to make sense to me, but it's not like my world would be shattered and turned upside down and I'd be in the twilight zone if it turned out not to be true. I feel like what, what my position feels like to me more is as a free will skeptic. And determinism is one of the things that, that makes me feel that way. Um, that, that perhaps free will doesn't exist, but if free will was eliminated, I wouldn't go, oh, well, I, then, or sorry, if determinism was eliminated, I wouldn't instantly go, oh, well, then, of course, free will exists. So I feel like it, 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 it needs more than toppling determinism. But it's just, just because everybody calls this the free will versus determinism debate, and I didn't want to constantly get into that, I just went ahead and accepted that label. Um, so I, I just don't want to mislead you or, or, or anybody else. Um, yeah, and, and so I think it's me, fair to right. say, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think it's fair to say 
that it's a binary proposition. Uh, I think right. ev everyone can understand that we don't have 100% free will, but a determinist will say mm -hmm. we don't have any free right. will. Right? The, the most right, ardent right. free will person will not say I have the choice to fly unaided or walk right. through walls or yeah. live forever. Or, you know, right. And if you're yeah. dealing with someone right. like that, you just might need to adjust their medication drip. Right. But, uh, so right. if there's 0.01% right. of choice in the universe, the free right. will position is valid. And if there's, so it's a binary. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a zero right. versus something other than zero in terms right. of choice. Is that fair to say? Right. right. Yes, I think it's very fair to say. And I mean, I know just, be, I mean, you've certainly studied philosophy for, for years longer than I have. So I'm sure you're, you're obviously very aware, uh, whether you agree with it or not, of the, the arguments that say that, well, if determinism doesn't exist, then the opposite would be randomness, and you don't get free will from that either. Yeah, no, and I, I agree right. that that is right. not right. that is certainly not my definition right. of, right. of free will. Okay, okay, I just wanted to. I, that, and so, I, all, all my only point is that that we can call me a determinist, but I'm really, I guess, more of a free will skeptic right. than a determinist. Well, and and of in, course. In, in um, I'm very much into, as I'm sure you are too, empirical observation and the scientific method is, mm -hmm. a, is a, big, a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, right, right. randomness simply is not how human beings do not operate in a random manner any more than life evolves right. in a random manner. Right. And uh, so right. I think randomness is something that we can throw out of the window even if we discount right. philosophical arguments and simply look at yeah, human beings respond to incentives. There would be no such thing as um, uh, right. economics if people acted randomly, and economics right. is a fairly valid discipline. So, uh, so I think we can toss right. randomness out, and with that, there's either a tiny right. smidgen to a medium smidgen of choice, yeah. uh, or everything is predetermined in a sort of dominoes causal way from the beginning of the universe. Right. And uh, and right. that's so. I think it's. I think the reason that we have to say determinist right. versus free will is that it is at, at its mm -hmm. essence, it is a binary proposition. I think. Right. Right. All right. So, so let me, uh, I'm going to try to answer your question about when I became interested in this. Um, it's a little hard for me. I, I don't really remember, you know, the, I don't remember a light bulb moment, but um, I think, and, uh, <laughs> and I think you're going to like this part, Steph, uh, but, but uh, I think where, uh, where I connect most with the free domain community uh, is not uh, this or libertarianism, which is something I'm interested in, but I'm not all that knowledgeable about it yet, but it's really education. Um, I, I haven't contributed anything um, on the education board because everybody said pretty much everything that I would ever say about the, the U.S. educational system, but I went to a terrible, terrible, terrible public school. Um, and uh, for, as, as I'm sure you did and a lot of people did for, you know, over a decade of my life. And uh, I was a very intellectually free child, thanks to some good things my parents did. Um, and uh, I remember confronting a lot of these questions because I naively thought that school was supposed to be an intellectual playground, as opposed to uh, sort of indoctrination arena. And um, I would continually, um, I mean, I, I really thought that's why I was in school. So it was in school that I started asking all these, these really fundamental questions, uh, you know, is, you know, does God exist? What is God? Blah, 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 blah. All these sort of, uh, you know, what is morality and found continual resistance from my teachers. Sure. 
the, you should the, really sorry to interrupt uh, just a slight pitch. You right. should really check out my book uh, on truth, uh, the tyranny of illusion. Right. Uh, it talks about this process, okay. at least from my perspective. But anyway, come right, on. Right, right, right. So, so um, I, uh, I mean, I think the interesting thing, perhaps, to explore if we want to get into my psychology, and the thing that I'm, I'm not self-aware about is, for some reason, that process, uh, find, getting rebuffed that way by so many adults. Um, seem to affect me much more strongly than my peers. Um, so I think the, the, the frustration was that free will was one of the subjects, and in fact the sort of uber subject, that when I would bring it up to adults, when I was you know 12 or whatever, I would get incredibly strong resistance. Sure. And I have a very hard time letting go of anything like that that's about a uh, sort of a fundamental intellectual topic, and I don't know why that I don't know why that is true about me. But um, I have I'm I'm very the more somebody says, look, I just don't want to talk about this. Um, I'm actually e I find it easy to do that about emotional topics. If somebody says, look, I just don't want to talk about, you know, why I don't want to be your friend, that's actually a little bit easier for me than than I don't want to talk about this intellectual topic anymore because I have this kind of uh, utopian view that intellectual topics should just be these sort of pleasurable, uh, neutral things that we can all discuss. All right. Now, let me just make sure that I want to make sure that, uh, sorry, I just want to make sure that we actually get to the emotional content because like a classic intellectual, you are very good at describing intellectual journeys, but not so good (laughs) at talking about the feelings that accompany them. Absolutely. So where do you think it came from that when you met emotional resistance, you increased your desire to penetrate that resistance? Where Where do you think that came from? The best I can do, and I, I have a feeling this is really shy of the mark because it's still not all that of an emotional answer, is that um, I, was, I was raised by, in an environment outside of school um, that was where you could say anything. And it, it never occurred to me that all of a sudden I would be in an environment where there are all kinds of things you couldn't say and couldn't talk about. So, so that, sorry, let that, me make sure I understand that. that. So you're saying that right. in your in your parents, with your parents, you could say anything. Right. But then you yes. said that you were, su- you were surprised that right. you ran into resistance. I mean, your parents must have talked about resistance yes. that you would likely meet outside the home, right? No, they didn't. And I think this is actually something that they did wrong as parents. And, and they and I have talked about this since then. Um, they, my parents are, are intellectuals, and I'm sure there were top, hot-button topics for them, but one way or another, I didn't hit them, or if I did, I'm blocking it, I don't remember it, or whatever. But I went into school very sort of wide-eyed and naive, and was never told. I mean, in fact, I was encouraged. I was encouraged by my parents to, hey, if you have something interesting to talk about, I'll talk to your teachers. That's what they're for. Well, <clears throat> did you talk to your parents about the uh, problems you had in, in school? I, 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 I did, and, okay, here's where we might get to the interesting part. I did, and that's where my parents had resistance. Yeah, I mean, uh, there had they, to be something. Right? That, right, right, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was um, their promotion of school as a positive thing, and if there was, um, if I was having a problem with school, 
the problem was most likely on my end. And would you say that they're socialists? I'm sorry, say that again? Or would you would you say that they were socialist? My father was uh, my father's uh, British and very left leaning, and I don't know whether you'd call himself socialist, but when he lived in England, always voted Labour Party and so on and so on. And that was in the fifties. That was before the Labour Party was, you know, just uh, sort of a centrist thing. Yeah, that's that's pretty socialist as far as the spectrum goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and my mother was sort of a. a a hippie sort of woman. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a fair way to describe them. All right. So, um, so they believed in the virtues of public education, and when you found yes. that the, yes. these virtues did not exist, um, your parents right. responded right. Uh, defensively. Is that right? Yeah, and I and the, the other day the point about that is they both came from working class families and were the first in both their cases to get a college education. Um, so for them, this was a really big deal. Right. And both okay. my brother, my I have a brother who's who's uh, eleven years younger than I, and both of us wound up dropping out of college. I went back years later, but it was years later. I, you know, it was one of those things where I had to sort of com- you know completely get something out of my system and rage about it, and then finally was able to come back to it and go, okay, I can I can just do this to get the piece of paper. Okay, sorry, we're we're heading off on the intellectual journey again. I just want to make sure I stay okay, back. Sorry, with, sorry uh, about that. Oh no, no okay. problem. So. Uh, so what, what, what exactly happened when you would come home and say, I hate school or I don't like, uh, I don't like what, is, uh, what is going on at school? What, what, what specifically would happen? It was, it was actually more extreme than that. In, uh, in elementary school, uh, I was getting ill every morning from anxiety about going to school. Uh, and I was actually, I didn't understand what this was at the time, but I was put on a tranquilizer. To me, it was just the dream, the green stuff that I had to drink every morning. Okay, so, of, sorry, let, let me just sorry, make sure I understand this. How old were you at that time? Right. That was elementary school, so that was, I think, around third grade. How old are you in third grade? Uh, eight? I don't know, uh, nine, eight or nine, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were put uh, on tranquilizers. Were you aware of this? Yes. Um, I was told that it was the green medicine that would make me feel better. And I, I don't remember you know why you were, sorry, Do you know why you were yeah. put on tranquilizers? Yeah, because I couldn't keep my breakfast down uh, before going to school. Oh, boy. So you had such stress and anxiety that you were, you were yeah. vomiting before school, oh, and yeah. The, yeah. Solution, yeah. the solution was to, to, to drug you. Right, right, yep, yep. And what do you think about that, or how do you feel about that? Oh, I think it's absolutely vile. Yeah, I, I, I think it's absolutely vile. Um, I, uh, I don't think I am where you are, or probably where you would want me to be, having listened to a lot of your stuff in terms of being furious at my parents about this. Um, you know, I have kind of a, a relationship with them now that's that's fine, although a little bit distant. Um, but uh, in my mind, when I get angry, uh, it's it's anger at, at teachers. Right. Now, um, let me just uh, back up a little bit. Uh, and I really appreciate okay. you talking about this stuff. I, I know sure, it's sure, not absolutely. easy stuff in the world to talk about. And I really do appreciate right, that. Right. It's uh, very right. helpful it's to me. It's actually more interesting than, than free will to me, so. 
Well, and and if it helps solve the problem, as to uh, the impasse, so sure. much the better. So, right, right. So, uh, in in this situation, your your mm-hmm. choice was right. uh, crushed. I mean, bi- right. biochemically, almost, right? Um, I I have to say, I have absolutely no memory of the medicine having any effect on me one way or another. It's truly made up. I feel like my choice was crushed by being forced to go to school. Well, yes, and then drugged. I mean, right. regardless right. of of, uh, of, right. of whether the medicine had any effect, yeah. you were still being right. drugged. Right. right, yes, absolutely. Now, were there any other circumstances in which your choice, in a sense, mm-hmm. your preferences, did not matter? Uh, you mean at, at home with my parents? Yes. Um, sure, I... Um, Sure, but I don't. I can't think of anything that I would call unusual. Um, I wasn't. I was actually given a he- much more freedom as a child than most of my friends were. Um, well, you, I can't. What I mean, you're I mean, saying, I mean, hang on, I, hang on. What you're right, what you're right. saying about your childhood is not exactly right. what you're describing about your okay. childhood. Right. And I, this, this, right, I right. just want to point this out because self-knowledge right. is so important right. in this and every other area. Sure. At first, Absolutely. you said at home I could say anything. And then right. you said that you hated yeah. school so much you were throwing up, and then you were drugged and sent anyway. Right. Right. So I, right. I, I just want to point well, out that there's a disparity right. between your description and right. the actual events. Yeah, yeah. I do understand that. I'm not, I'm, um, I think I was talking more about, back when I said I could say anything, I was talking more about uh, uh, you know, sort of abstract intellectual topics. Um, I, right, and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm talking, tra- sorry. I, right, right. And, and that's why I want to try and avoid the, the intellectual journey Absolutely. description. And, yeah. and I would yeah. guess, yeah. right, I'm, I'm no psychologist trying mm-hmm. this guy on the web, but right. I would right. guess that if your parents' response to your resistance to school right. was to overwhelm you with making you go to school and right. drugging you, that that was not right. the only place that, that showed up. Right. No, I'm, sh- I'm sure it wasn't. I'm, I'm, really, I'm sort of drawing a blank on this right now. I mean, I can tell you um, mundane thing. you know, if I... Uh, you know, if I wanted to stay out until three o'clock in the morning, I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, most of my memory as a child, you know, sometimes I wanted to use things in the home, use equipment that my father had that was really delicate that I wasn't allowed to use. I, but I can't say, I don't know if that's the sort of thing that you want to hear. Um, and that seems, uh, like pretty mundane everyday childhood restrictions. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about more more stuff that. I don't remember. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and and my father uh, was a man who had the. Uh, well, he's still alive. He is a man who who uh, had had used to have. He sort of mellowed out, but but a, a very um, explosive temper. Um, but the main things that I would remember fights about were either safety issues, which were big big deal for him. Um, if I, you know, he saw me crossing a road without looking both ways, he would, um, he would go ballistic over that and school issues. If I wasn't doing my homework or, um, I got a, a poor grade. Um, uh, but those are my main, I mean, those are the things that I remember from a child. Uh, and how, sorry, being, how would your father's temper manifest itself? Uh, as, um, a lot, a uh, huge amount of yelling and screaming and, arguing and uh, uh, guilt trips, 
uh, and uh, never never uh, punishments. I don't think I was ever grounded, and I was certainly never spanked. But there could be tirades, like lectures that would go on for an hour and a half. Now, do you mean sort of screaming lectures? Yeah, scre- screaming lectures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming lectures, and also just very sort of, um, you know, um, <laughs> uh, prison camp commandant, you know, pointed, um, domineering. You know, it doesn't have to be screaming to get to that kind of scary. Well, emotionally, that must have been just terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was so that was very scary. Um, uh, and uh, where, where was your mom during these uh, these times? She would um, stay out of those fights and then do some sometimes do some mopping up afterwards, either sort of taking care to me of me if I would be sort of quivering <laughs> in a corner or or taking care of my dad if he, you know, got angry to the point of, you know, he was of incoherence or something. But more more often she would come to me and and if she did, she would usually sort of back up what my father said, but in a gentler way. She I'm sorry, what did you mean by like, taking care of your father? Um she would um you know, sometimes my father would get so upset, he would go sort of storming up, off upstairs to his room or whatever. Uh, and she would, she would, um, if he seemed like he was more upset than I was, he would, she would follow him upstairs. And I didn't know what they would do, but presumably either she was comforting him or she was saying, uh, you know, calm down, talk, talk to your son when you're more rational. I, I didn't know what she, what they were doing. Has your father ever, uh, um, I mean, to me, this is verbal abuse, uh, and it's pretty right. catastrophic yeah, yeah. Uh, and really destructive. Has your father uh, admitted fault in any way uh, about his, uh, his, the violence of his temper? Well, yes and no. Um, he would, he would uh, I think he's admitted it in a way that still puts the onus on other people. He, uh, you know, I'm he sorry that you all made me so angry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or, or, or he will say things like, I'm sorry, I'm such a terrible father, which is kind of the oh, same right. thing. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. You know, I'm sorry that, uh, um, I, I'm that sorry. That you believe I'm that I'm failure. such a bad father and so on, right? Right, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, has your mother um, accepted any responsibility for failing to intervene during these abusive episodes? Um, no, she hasn't. I don't think that, it, I don't think we discussed that. I think you'd remember and if it, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't think she ever has. And I would say categorically she hasn't. Would it be fair to say that your father did not exercise the, cho- the choice to restrain himself uh, or did not work to alter his own behavior <laughs> but just continue to act out? I mean, I know this is a leading question. And again, this is not to right, prove right, it. Right, right. But I just want to sort of try and get some parameters about your experience. Right. I, I think it, it is probably a good question because whether I'm a determinist or not, I will certainly agree that my experience, from my experience point of view, and particularly when I was a kid, I was a lot, I was a determinist. I believed that people could choose to do whatever they want. So no, he certainly didn't. Uh, not only that, not only did he not exercise self-control, but I 
learn to exercise self-control in the sense that I, at some point, decided, whether this is smart or not, that my best bet when he was yelling at me was to not yell back at him. Oh, I agree. Or that was smart. Like, I'm sure that was a very smart thing right, to do. Like, like just, right, right. Just like let the waves go. But, oh, I guess what I mean is so I was aware that it was possible to exercise self-control because I did it. Right. And, and the, the terrible thing is that if you can do it as a child, but he can't do it as an adult, then he's expecting mm-hmm. higher standards of behavior from a child than from an adult, which is pretty wretched morally, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, he, he expected discipline from you with school, but he did not exercise self-discipline right. to restrain his abusive tendencies, right? Right. But you, you know what, um, if, if I can just interrupt there, I've got some flash of, of something. If you want to, uh, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm going to betray my, my determinist brother, but, but if you want uh, a, um, a kind of a, a psychological insight, I think it, into why, why emotionally someone might become a determinist, as we were talking about that, um, and as you were asking about whether I felt my father could make certain choices, I realized that it was important to me to have a model of him where he couldn't, where it was out of his control. Yeah, I can, if I was, I can get If that. I was able, does that make sense? If I was able to think of him as he can't help getting this angry at me, yep. then he wasn't, a, he wasn't a bad person. Well, I first of all, I completely admire that insight. I think that's very honest. It, it doesn't explain everything, but it's an important thing to think right, about because right. uh, right. it's very important for me not to say, aha, and therefore, <laughs> right? But, but right. I think it is important right. to recognize that I think of mm-hmm. a perfectly healthy and valid defense mechanism would be to say, my father is a dangerous robot, uh, but we don't get right. mad right. at the robot. We just say, oh, dear, <laughs> the robot is malfunctioning, right. Right. and uh, that's right. a way of, of, of retaining some sense of, of uh, yeah. uh, affection for your father, so, so to speak. Right, right, right. Okay, and I'll go to the next level. I'll say that I, based on my relationship with my father and learning that by me controlling myself, I could have a certain amount of control over him if I thought of him as a machine. And he's the anger machine. And mm-hmm. the way to control the anger machine is to just kind of agree with it and stay calm. That. When I realized that, I think I was a teenager, and I stopped getting upset back, and the, the, the fights would end a lot sooner, right. um, I started doing that more with other people. I started um, uh, psychoanalyzing, I guess, other people a little bit more than engaging with them and thinking of them as, okay, I can see, you know, I can see what, what is going on with you right now, and it's sort of out of your control, so I will wait until it blows over. Right, right. Now, I would also, I would also, I think that's a very powerful thing to to realize. I would also suggest, Marcus, that it's possible mm-hmm. that uh, it seems to me that your father was also treating you like a machine. Like, oh, we have a machine that throws up before it goes to school, so we need to oil right. it with, um, yeah. like, we need to fix it like a machine, not listen to its problems. Yeah. Yeah, or, or if we have a machine that's not doing well in school, we need to bang it, so to speak, on the side of the head yeah. until it does better in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that, yeah, that, uh, makes, that makes complete sense. Right. right. Anyway, uh, sorry, I, I go on with any other thoughts that may be coming out of this, because you're coming up with much better things to say than I am. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, I, 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 you may want to ask another question, because 
kind of where I want to go with this. My next thought is about um, adults other than my parents, and I think that's where you were trying to steer me away from, and I can understand why. Um, well, I think, I think you've quickly, got good stuff about... Yeah, I think you've got good stuff about your parents, and I think there's a lot to mull over right. there. If if other things are right, popping right, up for right, you about right, other than your parents, right. I'm I'm very happy to hear. Well, I, you know, it's not it's not uh, any anything that I really haven't already said or, or anything that will surprise you. Other than to say, it was not like there were a lot of adults who, you know, when my parents were forcing me to go to school, even when I was throwing up. It's not like there were a lot of other adults who were saying, "Oh, maybe you shouldn't do that to them." Um, they were. Were there any? They were. There were none. They were backed up by everybody. In fact, um, when I was years later after that, I think the, the, the medicine, the tranquilizer, whatever that was, only lasted for about a year. I can't. I don't know why I was taken off it. Maybe I was. That's a long time. To to <laughs> I mean, that's only a yeah, year. Yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, Eight or yeah. nine. Well, that's I, a long. No, I know. Right. 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 No, I don't mean only in that sense, but I mean it wasn't throughout my entire schooling. Um, right. But right. I had. I went through another extremely rough period in junior high school and there was a doctor visit involved. My mother took me to the doctor and I don't know whether it was because do I, I don't think I was having, I, I wasn't having any kind of, uh, um, you know, a huge explosive bodily issues by that point. I, I gained other strategies. So I think it may have been just a regular checkup, but I mentioned to the doctor or my mother mentioned to the doctor that, uh, you know, Marcus still doesn't, like school, he's still very anxious about school. And the doctor's immediate response was, that's, ab that's abnormal and he should be in therapy. Um, and it's probably great, as good, and I've had good therapy to some extent since, but, but, but I'm sure that therapy would not have been good. It, I, I, luckily, my parents didn't make me go to therapy, but, um, but had I gone, I'm positive that it would have been another adult saying, Let's look at what's wrong with you that makes you just like school. Right. Um, and that's, of course, what I heard from teachers and other people. I also kept hearing this myth that um, the closest thing an adult would get to being understanding of me would be, you know, um, elementary school is not that much fun for anybody, but you will, you will, I promise you, you will really like junior high school. Junior high school is not that much fun for anybody. I promise you, you like high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I I heard that line a lot. Uh, I promise you, you'll like college. Right. Do you so remember? It felt like a sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I should say so. It had the feeling to me of a conspiracy, <clears throat> like a con. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess the one good thing, and I think the reason that I, if I came out of that unscathed at all, it was that I never completely bought it. I never thought it fell into what I was being told to the point that um, it just became true. So me, I always had a sense that this is bullshit. Right. And do you remember, uh, and I'm, uh, sorry, do you sorry, remember an sorry, example of anyone uh, when you were a child who um, was a curious listener, who had good empathy, who was respectful towards children and wanted to find mm -hmm. out what you tick or anything like that? Not in terms of any of the things we're talking about now. I mean, certainly, I, I if I wanted to discuss, you know, gun problems or you know something like that or, or whatever, I, there'd be plenty of adults. I mean, parents would have been great for that. Um, but uh, so there are plenty of adults who. Um, but if I wanted to say something like, 
I think school is terrible, and I think my teachers are all terrible. No, there wasn't anybody who, that I could think of that I could even start that conversation with. Have you had that experience um, since your childhood as an adult? Yes, I've had it in the sense that uh, I've been teaching for um, on and off. I'm not what I'm doing full time now, but for about 20 years, um, and uh, which is interesting in itself that I would choose to do that. Um, and uh, I, you know, I have very strong feelings about education, largely based on my childhood, uh, and I air them, and I get huge resistance. Right. So yes, this is an argument that has continued well into adulthood. No, sorry. What I mean is, have you? Have, sorry, have you experienced uh, as an adult uh, the the kind of opposite of what you experienced as a kid, where people you have a problem or a complaint, and people are sort of curious and open and, and want to find out what's making you tick and so on. Oh yes, oh yes, absolutely. I have I have some very good friends. I have uh, I'm I have friends who had the similar background uh, that I did, and and uh, you know who I can I can talk to about all this stuff. I have. Um, a very good marriage, um, and yeah, yeah. I don't feel any. I, I feel no lack of of people that I. I feel like it, there's there's somebody at least in my life at all times that I can talk to about anything. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, and I think you had mentioned that it was a, when you were a teenager that you became a very interested uh, in determinism. And this was, I think, around the same time, if I'm right, and tell me if I'm wrong, right. around the same time that you were beginning to find a way of managing your father uh, through mm -hmm. uh, non-resistance, non, non so to speak. I, I think you're right. I, I, I would caution you, I guess, before you sort of bake that into a, a really strong theory. <laughs> yeah, that, please, absolutely. <laughs> right. I mean, the only thing I would caution you is I say that because I don't remember, I don't have any strong memories of thinking about it before then. But I don't, right. you know, I just don't have a real sharp, aha, that it was, you know, when I was a junior in high school, I first, I don't, I just can't remember. It's sort of been so many years I've been thinking about this on and off, but I don't right. really remember a starting, a starting point. Right. If if he, if somebody told me no, it wasn't when you were a teenager; it was when you were eight. That wouldn't surprise me particularly, but it may be. It may be teenager. And the the two are probably not entirely unrelated, even if they're not directly causal. These two perspectives uh, right, of right. Uh, determinism right. and management. And I mean, we, we, we could also, it also may not have been when I was a teenager that I first started that strategy with my father. Right. I mean, I'm, again, I don't remember the day. That could have come a little bit earlier, or maybe I slid into it and. Teenager was when I kind of I got it. I got it perfected. perfected. And I will give you uh, just my my two cents of perspective on this, and yeah. I'll I'll keep this brief because I I still want to keep talking about your your experiences, but. Okay. Sure. The, the, the Socratic argument is that uh, uh -huh. in the absence of self knowledge, we are machines. Right. In the yeah. absence of yeah. insights into our own behavior, in the absence of mm -hmm. knowing really what makes us tick, then we are defensive, we are reactive, we simply, like a pinball, right. we bounce off various stimuli. Like right. your father would, would, would get angry at something, right. would just blow up. He wouldn't stop and say, why am I really angry, what is really going on? Yeah. And so, in a sense, determinism mm -hmm. is psychologically true if you have no self-knowledge. Right. Self yeah, and then yeah, the question yeah. is, is somebody responsible for not having self-knowledge? And that, that, because certainly later in life, it seems, I've never seen an example where somebody who does not have self-knowledge gains it later in life. I mean, maybe it's possible, but right, it, it seems right. to be extremely rare. 
And so to me, it's sort of like drinking, right? So somebody is not responsible for what he does when he's drunk, but he's responsible for getting drunk, getting in a car and driving or something like that. Right. And so to me, what somebody does in the absence of self-knowledge, they're not morally responsible directly, but they are morally responsible for avoiding or rejecting the necessity for self-knowledge, if that makes sense. So I agree with you that determinism seems really true for people who lack self-knowledge because their behavior is very predictable, right? You, you go up to some Tea Party or guy and you say, I think right. Obama is a great president, and it's like pushing right. a button, right? <laughs> I mean, right. it's bleeding, yes, you know, yes, they're just yes, like steam yes. out of their ears and their teeth rotate right. and, you know, whatever, right? Or you go up to some Obama, you go up to some left-wing person, you say, I think George Bush is going to go down in history as one of the greatest presidents, and whee, you know, it's the same right. thing. It's like pushing right, a button, right? Right, right, right. right. And so, I just wanted to sort of agree with you about determinism has, to me, a very valid approach that that's the prison you live in without self-knowledge. Right, right. Now, the, the, if, if I can kind of steer this in just a slightly different direction, and you're welcome to steer it back if you, if you think it's getting off track, the one thing that I want to come back to again is that, as I mean, a lot, a lot of this sounds um, very psychologically plausible to me, that my, you know, my love affair with determinism started because as a way of dealing with uh, abuse from my my father. The only thing about this is, again, I, I if I if I really think about it for a second, I realized that as much as you feel that it's binary, it wasn't until fairly recently in adulthood, uh, you know, maybe 25 or something, that I even encountered the idea of determinism. That my what happened much earlier than that was a feeling of um, uh, free will. How can that be possible? What is the, I, it was a feeling of free will cannot be possible unless I can locate it somewhere. But free will was not possible for you as a child. And free will was okay, not modeled right. for you by your parents. Right. So right. the, the right. question is right. not, I mean, sorry, the question is how fertile is the soil the ideas land on? That's right. what we always okay. have to be careful about, right? So if you grew up, uh, it, the, the question is when, I mean, you and I both heard about determinism and we had different reactions right. and we either right, random right, right. or it's predetermined or there's okay. some other factor. So if, if, you, uh, if, if you had experiences that made you particularly receptive to the idea of determinism, in other words, you had to manage your father like a dangerous machine and your mother was an ineffective, you know, salvation machine, then it's going to be a determinism. You hear the idea and it fits like a key into a lock. Right. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong. I mean, we're not talking about the rightness or wrongness. We're talking no, about no, 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 no. I, I completely, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. I understand that we're not, we're not talking about. And I actually find this conversation a lot more interesting than that. And we both know that that, that conversation, whether it's interesting or not, it does not have a good chance of going anywhere. So, well, I, I tell you, I mean, if, 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 let's say, um, I'm, I'm into free will because of my childhood shit, and let's say that you're into determinism because of your childhood shit then right. we're actually talking about our childhood shit, but we're pretending it's about free will versus determinism. Right, and the exactly. I, result right. of that, we make no progress, right? Right. And that's why um, I've always been I, curious uh, to talk right, right. about that. Right. I, I'll tell you something that I think is really fascinating, that I, I, I think that you and I are very similar, having listened to a lot of your podcasts. And as I said, obviously you have a huge interest in psychology. Uh, you've been through therapy. I have a I have a huge interest in psychology. I've been through therapy. Um, about fifty percent of my reading is somehow based in psychology. Your reaction to I'm that, sorry about fifty percent of your what? Uh, about fifty percent of my reading 
still to oh, this yeah, okay. day, you know, if I'm going to pick, yeah, up, pick up a book so. for pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be either, you know, something, uh, psychology, neurology, or whatever. I, I eat that stuff up. And it sounds like you do, too. Um, mm-hmm. What I find really fascinating is that you... Uh, well, I'll tell you, on me first, I, when I, whenever I read that kind of stuff that is essentially about what makes people tick emotionally um, or psychologically, it strikes me as, aha, yet another nail on the coffin for free will. Mm-hmm. Um, here's mm-hmm. another mechanistic, another way of looking at people as a mechanism. Clearly, you're reading the same stuff and reacting to it very differently. No, no, I, I react to it the same or, way or that you not. do. No, no. I, okay. What I do when I read that kind of stuff, like, so for instance, here, when, when you're talking about the things that may have influenced you to have uh, a, a kinder reaction to determinism, uh, I don't view that as your programming. What I view right. is that in the absence of knowing that, it's almost impossible to be objective about determinism because you have a susceptibility to it. It's almost impossible to be uh, objective about it. So like the, the way that I think about it in my own head is that let's say that, that someone is speaking Mandarin to my left and I don't speak Mandarin and someone is speaking English to my right. Who am I going to listen to more? Well, I'm going to listen to the guy who speaks English because that's the language I'm right. familiar with. And so for right, you, right. if you speak determinism and not free will and then free will information comes up, you're going to be like, well, I don't speak that language. But if you speak determinism, right. you'll, you'll just listen right. to that because that's the language you speak. Now, if you know right. that, and you can say, okay, well, I'm going to try and learn free will and then I'll listen to that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I agree with you that it's programming if we don't know that it's right. there. So that to yeah, me spurs yeah. okay. self-knowledge, which I think gives you some additional choices. But in the absence of right. that self-knowledge, then, yeah, you're just a broken record and I'm just a broken record. Right. And that's why I'm. Right, I right. was. Um, uh, that's why I was so keen to talk to a determinist about sure. uh, possible influences. Because, of course, as I mentioned, if we're talking about childhood stuff, or or if, and it's just a theory, who knows, right? But if, when uh, free will comes up, it pushes you right up against some early terrors that you had with your father, but you don't know that, then you're going to avoid the topic uh, and and think that you're having a debate, just as I would do the same thing in the absence of that knowledge as well. Right. Right. Well, I, I think that um, what you're onto is something really important that, that I almost never see acknowledged. Obviously, this particularly doesn't go acknowledged in some intellectual forums, is that if there is a debate about anything and there are two sides to that debate, um, what that means is it's possible for a person to be on either side of that debate. It's not like it's, Im- it's, not like it's impossible for someone to be a determinist or it's impossible for someone to believe in free will, it's obviously possible to have those. And I think what most people tend to do is say, well, the reason I believe in determinism is because I'm right. Right. But well, I that's all the evidence then, right, whatever, right? Right. That's all. I'm right. Or here's all the evidence. But clearly, there, clearly it's for some reason, you know, okay, but, but why did you happen to fall on that side? Clearly, there are other, particularly there are other smart people who are on the other side. So there's got to be something going on. Um, that's yeah, without the self without the self knowledge of confirmation bias, it's almost impossible to be objective, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah right. So libertarians, some people they hear Ron Paul and the whole being for whatever reason goes yeah, uh-huh. and they start reading everything right. to do with libertarianism and they stop consuming any other media and then they just live in a yeah. sort of biodome of self perpetuating and self referencing information yeah. without ever figuring right. out right. why they said yes to begin with, and that's not really any right. way to be objective in that environment. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and just to, to flip over to the other side to say my sort of prejudice view of the other side for a second, the majority of arguments in favor of free will that I've heard throughout my entire life has started from the point of view of we want free will to exist. I'm not saying that this is yours, but the ones that I've uh-huh. heard and even a lot of the ones that I've read read in kind of legitimate philosophical books are essentially we want free will to exist. So what can we do to sort of make it exist? What arguments can we come up with? And I just like, wait a minute, how can you start from we want it to exist? Well, and I think um, it was you or somebody else in that thread who pointed out entirely right. rightly that that's fundamentally a religious argument. I like God, right, right, and right, therefore I'm right, going to figure right. out how he can exist. Right. But yeah, I and I agree. That's terrible. That, but I, but I, I do think that what you're saying is if we don't have self-knowledge, there's a risk that that's what we're doing, whether we're doing it consciously or not. It may not maybe I like is not the right word, but I, I have a need for determinism. And I haven't explored that. I haven't explored the emotional factors. So maybe that maybe I'm just sitting, you know, I'm listening to that voice and not listening to to the other voice. I'm, well, I'm possibly think, yeah. a determinist. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, w- I would go a little a little deeper than that. Uh, again, just as, as a possibility, uh, I don't go and debate on religious forums. I don't, because right. I have I have achieved as much closure as humanly possible <laughs> with the idea right, right. Of, of a deity. Uh, I have closure. I know why I was skeptical. I know why I disliked emotionally the idea of God. Uh, I have the intellectual arguments. I talked about it in therapy. I've journaled about it. I've written a book about it. I like, I I got it. Uh, I, yeah. I have that closure, so I don't have any desire to reengage. The okay. question uh, that is always important for me is to say. It could be important for you is to say, well, why are you reengaging in this debate? Right. You said why did had... I start that thread? Yeah. And it's not a criticism of starting the thread. But if you don't know why you're doing it, I would suggest, I, I, I suggest as a possibility, Marcus, that the reason that you started the thread in this particular forum, which you know is pretty psych heavy, right, is because you were trying to get to the self-knowledge of why yeah. this was such an important issue for you. And I would suggest that you've been having this debate to try and get back to the, um, the possible source. And again, that does not mean that your mm-hmm. arguments are invalid. But right. the most important right. thing is to process the emotions that make us fertile to particular arguments. Because if you process those, then I think you right. will lose the drive to, to figure uh-huh. this stuff out or to have these debates. Right, right. If that makes any sense. Right, right. Well, I, I think even my behavior in the thread backs up what you're saying in that pretty much everybody else got to a point where they were saying, this is going nowhere, so I'm done. And what I did at that point is said, well, I agree it's going nowhere, but can we talk about why we're having this debate? Which, of course, right. we includes me. We includes me. So why, why am I doing this? Right. And this is um, one of the, I think, if not the only, certainly one of the very few places on the Internet where the level of right. debate can reach that depth, right? Where you can yeah, actually yeah. talk about this yeah. stuff oh, without absolutely. Absolutely. flame wars and enemies and determinants suck and free willers or, <laughs> right, you know, they right, even right. ghost the machine and all that sort of shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. No, I think I, I would, it's an incredibly valuable community. I think so. <laughs> I, I hope so. I, I certainly think so. <laughs> And I mean, no, I, I, I don't want to go into all of my sort of history with uh, uh, with free will, but uh, the the basic thing for me, because you know, you've talked a lot about your history. The basic thing for me was that right. uh, I, I grew up with parents who had and have 
you know, that the level of self-knowledge that your average sea anemone possesses. And so it, right. it was kind right. of horrifying for me to see what happens right. in the long run of a life that is lived without self-knowledge. Because a life that is lived right. without self-knowledge, as a kid I saw this, it was just terrifying. And the weird thing is, right. is the tortoise and the hare thing. Because if you pursue mm-hmm. self-knowledge, you, you start right. off much more slowly out of the gate. Right. Whereas the people who right. reject right. self-knowledge, they just they go flying mm-hmm. out of the gate. But yeah. uh, it really changes later on in life. And I was very concerned, if not downright terrified, about what might happen to me if I just reacted to things as I saw everyone around me doing, if I did right. not stop to think about what the hell I was doing and what the consequences right. would be uh, in the long run. Like, I mean, if, if your father had really thought about what are the consequences in the long run going to be between my son and myself if I let myself out in this kind of way, he wouldn't have done it if he'd thought about the long-term consequences. Absolutely. Right, right. He didn't, right. and that's terrifying. that was a terrifying thing for me. You say your father and yourself are not that close, which I think is very sad, but I also think is kind of inevitable given A, his behavior in the past and B, his lack of responsibility in the present. And so I just, for me, free will became, I can't just magically will it to happen, but I hope that I can achieve better choices if I try to figure out why I feel and uh, the way that I do, why I have the impulses that I have, why I have the preferences that I have. I, I really hoped that that was right. going to give me the capacity to make different choices because I did not, I right. did not all want to be programmed by my environment. And so sure. I you know, sort of set off on sale right. on this with the hope that right. now right. I subjectively, I can't prove this objectively, of course, but I subjectively believe right. that it has achieved uh-huh. what I wanted it to achieve. Which is not to say that determinism is false. That I, can't, I can't say that right. determinism is false because that fundamentally is going right. to be a scientific question, not a philosophical question. Right. But right. Uh, right. my experience has been that self-knowledge does appear to me to give choices uh, in terms of different behavior than people without self-knowledge. Right. And I say that with some pretty strong empirical evidence that the people who've rejected self-knowledge right. do, don't seem to be able to yeah. live different lives than what they inherited. But the people who embrace it do seem to. Uh, that doesn't right. prove it, but there's evidence for uh, yes, yeah, yes, I, I agree with that. But do you think it would be, um, it would make sense to say that uh, this particular topic, free will and determinism, is going to be deeply connected to some very poor experiences to, that almost everybody experienced in childhood? I mean, it's connected to freedom, obviously, it's got the word free in it, um, and it's connected to issues of control. Uh, self-control and also control of other people, things like that. It's, it seems like it, it's something that would be very hard for anybody on sort of either side to come to in a, just a very neutral way. Well, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that there are three major topics, all of which are subsumed under the monster topic. The three major okay. topics that I think most connect with people's childhoods are free will and determinism, uh, the mm-hmm. state versus voluntarism, uh, religion, Uh, fundamentally. And now the state, of course, is the parent is the government and controls your behavior and blah, blah, blah. And if the government isn't controlling your behavior, you're going to go run in the street and get creamed by a truck. And right. So there's that fundamental thing that goes on with people. Religion, God, the father is very obvious, but but free will and determinism is a more subtle one, uh, which is to what degree are you allowed to choose uh, things as a child? To what degree do you see self-knowledge and choice demonstrated in your environment? 
uh, and so on, and that's a very important one. These all fall under, to me, the, the vast umbrella called morality, which is the most fundamental thing that occurs within families that people get messed up about because parents will so often claim that they know what goodness is and will instruct you on virtue, but when you actually ask them what it is, it's like chasing ghosts around a whirlwind, right? So, uh, so I think right, you're right. right. I think that, that these topics become so heated and so powerful primarily because they hook into such deep and powerful the childhood experiences that it is so hard, so hard to be objective right. about them. And uh, this is why so much stuff on the internet gets so volatile and so problematic because people aren't fighting right. about surface stuff. They're, they're, they're fighting to retain particular positions right. that were inflicted on them as children that is very painful to re-examine. Right. But, but I think what, what is, what's fascinating to me is that as explosive as religion and the state uh, as explosive as those topics, you can fairly easily find communities, and there's one of them exists thanks to you, where you can discuss those things in a relatively non-explosive way um, on both sides. I mean, I have a, a good friend who's a devout Christian, um, and he, he certainly has communities where he can discuss that without people yelling at him. Um, I can go on to Free Domain and a number of other sites and discuss atheism, or say I'm an atheist or without fear that people are going to start screaming at me, but free will seems to be a really special topic. Well, but here's, here's the question, though, um, is that your friend the Christian, does he go to Christian sites to talk about things, or does he go to sites where he can actually come to an, an objective resolution about the existence of God? Right, because because that's the it's, it, right. you know the echo chamber is not progress in terms of philosophy. Now, right. the, the great thing about having non-mainstream views is that you're constantly exposed to the opposing arguments every time you look at a newspaper, every time you turn on the television, all the time. Whereas people who have mainstream views can stay within that, those mainstream areas, and they do not get exposed to the same crosswinds that people who have right. different uh, views get exposed right. to. So. Right. Uh, I think if, if uh, certainly we've had religious people and there still are religious people on the free domain radio boards, but it doesn't come to any resolution in exactly the same way that the free will and determinism thing doesn't come to any resolution. In the same way, the statism thing doesn't come to any resolution because right. I really believe that people are just shuffling around the chessboards of their histories rather than dealing with objective facts and arguments. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, just, to, just to drive this one more time... Um, um, it's uh, it's just it's sort of been my observation that yes you're right it's not as if my friend is going to websites where they're debating whether or not God exists but even from the point of view um, uh, I have I feel completely safe amongst most of my friends saying that I'm an atheist and obviously I I pick friends who are you know okay with that I know that that my Christian friend has friends where you know he would feel you know, he, he can say, I believe in God and, and this and that and other, and no one's going to mock him or tell him he's stupid for believing that. Um, I do feel like the free will thing, it's, it's kind of a thing you don't bring up in polite company. Well, I but think I would I, suggest, I, I, no, no, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, let me just make a suggestion. Um, if, you say, if you say, I'm an atheist, that is a statement of conclusion, not a process uh, of thought, right? So you are an atheist because God does not exist. Right now, if you say God does not exist, therefore I'm an atheist, I accept that there is no such thing as a God, that is a very different thing from saying I'm an right. atheist. Right, right. And if you say right. to a religious person there is no such thing as God, that is not uh, the statement of a conclusion, but rather, a, I guess, an argument or a, a premise. Right. 
and that's going to be a lot more, uh, it can create more friction than simply the statement right. of the conclusion. Right, right. Whereas in, in sorry, right. with, with determinist and free will, uh, people mm -hmm. don't say, I believe in determinism, right? And now you, you are more, much more nuanced, and you know, kudos to you for that. I thought right. that was very interesting. You know, I, I desperately don't want to believe in it, but I can't avoid it. Uh, but, right. but most people will say, a free will is, a, is an illusion. Not, right, I believe right. in determinism, but free will is interesting. But they will say free will is an right. illusion. It does not sure. exist, is not valid. It, it violates scientific principles and so on. And that's exactly the same as going into a religious area and saying uh, God is an illusion. He does not exist and blah, blah, blah. That is uh, going to create more uh, contention, right. which is good as long as people are dealing with objective facts and not, again, pushing the, the pawns out of around. Right, right. No, absolutely. Uh well, I, I, I guess what I would love to, uh, what I would love to hear, um, and I don't know how this, how this can happen, but I would love to hear at some point in my life the kind of the, the flip of what we did here. I, I would, and I know you just kind of did it yourself, but yeah, very briefly. I would like but, to, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I would like to hear uh, a free willer um, sort of put on the, put on the, the couch, so to speak. I think that sure. would be really interesting. Um, and you probably well, if you, uh, would be the best person. We could, do, we could set this up for another time, but uh, I would right. certainly be happy right. to. Right. Um, I try not to, to dish out any medicine I can't take, right? So right. I would be right. perfectly right. happy right. if you would like to question me about my history with it. I would right. be uh, certainly happy to talk about it. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think what I would have to think about is whether I'm the best person to do that or, you know, so on and so forth. But, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely it's something I would love to hear. All right. Well, we'll uh, if you don't feel uh, up to doing it, we can put the call out to to anybody who wants to. And I'm certainly happy to uh, to have the light shone in my eyeballs. I mean, uh, that seems right. only fair. No, I, I think I think we should definitely do it sometime. I think it'd be really really interesting. I agree. And I, I, agree. I would certainly I would certainly give it a shot. All right. All right. Well, listen. Let me um <clears throat> let me get back to um uh, uh <laughs> shepherding my child around. Absolutely. And uh, I really do appreciate the uh, the time for the combo. Thank you. Actually, it was a very enlightening and uh, exciting phone call. So thank you very much. All right. Take care. All the best. Okay. Thank you.